Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Today our episode is C. diff infection, C. diff survivors' perspectives, being introduced by Dr. Tina Chopra, followed by our two C. diff survivors, Alba Mulfeld and Renata Johnson. Uh, Before we go any further, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Please check out their latest spore defense for Clorox Total 360, helping you fight C. diff in places you couldn't reach before. To learn more, visit Clorox Healthcare website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com. At this time, our guest, teen, Dr. Tina Chopra, is the professor, infectious diseases, Wayne State University, corporate medical director of infection prevention and hospital epidemiology and antibiotic stewardship, DMC and WSU director of antibiotic stewardship and infection prevention at Vibra Hospital. At this time, it's a pleasure to introduce Dr. Tina Chopra to the show. Thanks for joining us so much today, Dr. Chopra. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We know you are so busy right now in Michigan, and we are so grateful for you being here. And, you know, we talk so much about C. diff and, and C. difficile infection. Um, Dr. Chopra, what is new in the epidemiology of C. diff? Sure. Um, I think this is very timely. This question is a great question because uh, recently in the New England Journal of Medicine, there was an article published that talked about um, trends in cases of C. diff infection over the last uh, several years in uh, 10 uh, U.S. uh, sites from 2011 to 2017. And uh, very interesting data on percentage of cases diagnosed by the PCR test from um, 2011, we found that they were at 55% to as high as 84% in 2016. And then we saw some interesting trends uh, from 84% in 2016, it decreased to 83% in 2017. So um, definitely a bit of good news where uh, the population-based surveillance studies um, uh, done by CDC showed a decreasing trends. Uh, However, we want to take these decreasing trends uh, with a bit of a caution. Yes, there is a decreasing trend in the hospital burden of C. diff, but if you look at the community burden of C. diff, there is no decreasing trend. So community, even though there is a decline seen in the healthcare-associated infection, if you look at the community-associated infection, no decrease in um, trends were seen. And community-associated C. diff still contributed to nearly 50% of the burden of C. diff infection in 2017. And here I would like to stress on the importance of improved infection prevention and antibiotic stewardship in the outpatient setting. You know, we always have focused on improved infection control uh, policies and procedures in the inpatient setting. We have mandated stewardship guidelines in the inpatient setting, but this data is very compelling and glaring and telling us that we need to decrease the burden of C. diff in the community and in the outpatient setting, we need to start focusing on antibiotic stewardship. 
So I think that is something that I would really like to um, highlight. In addition to that, they also looked at recurrence rates um, and they found that there was no really difference, uh, significant change over time in the national burden of first recurrences um, did not change at all. And uh, again, what we are seeing, and we've always talked about the most important modifiable risk factor for C. diff is antibiotics. And these are predominantly third and fourth generation cephalosporins, chloroquinolones, clindamycin, and carbapenems. Um, and these antibiotics are responsible for disruption of the intestinal microbiota um, and cause long-lasting effects on the microbiome, even up to three months following cessation of antibiotics. The risk is very high, seven to ten-fold high, and it is higher, highest during the first month of antibiotic exposure. Uh, so that is something that is... Uh, you know, in, in the epidemiology of C. diff that we have to remember uh, how the microbiome changes and when is the risk really high because there is a very high use of antibiotics in the community, particularly now that we are faced with this pandemic and people are so worried um, about getting sick that they are taking a lot of antibiotics. So uh, I will st stop here and let you... Um, uh, uh, you know, have if you have any comments or questions, I would be happy to answer. Thank you so much, Dr. Chopper, for all that wonderful information. And Dr. Chopper, isn't it true that viruses are not affected by antibiotics? That's true. Um, when we have a viral infection, antibiotics will not help us, and um, it is mostly uh, symptomatic management that we focus on during a viral infection. Okay, thank you for reiterating that. That's so important. And doctor, what is uh, the new? What is new in the management of C. diff? I think the guidelines, uh, the Infectious Disease Society uh, of America guidelines, um, have been out there for the last several years, updated once. And um, the new thing on those guidelines is that you don't want to use metronidazole as the first line. Um, for, for uh, C. diff, first-line therapy for C. diff. And before you even think of uh, treatment for C. diff, very important to identify the severity of C. diff. What is non-severe infection and what is it based on? So non-severe infection is based on white blood cell count less than 15,000 and serum creatinine less than 1.5 uh, milligram per deciliter. And severe infection is if white count is more than 15,000 and serum creatinine is more than equal to 1.5 milligrams. And then you have the category of fulminant colitis, which presents with hypotension, shock, ileus, and megacolon. As far as treating the initial episode, recommendations are to treat the non-severe ep episode of uh, C. diff with either vancomycin or fedaxomycin, and um, the initial episode of severe C. diff with vanc or fedaxomycin. Um, and the important thing to keep in mind is that if you are in the hospital and have fulminancy diff, then you give higher doses of vanco at 500 milligrams orally uh, or through the nasogastric tube along with metronidazole, which is given IV. So um, the, the, the other thing about Fedaxo versus vancomycin that is important for our viewers to understand is that there is a lot of data that 
Dactromycin is given uh, up front as a first choice in the initial ep- episode. Will de- had a um, lot of data indicating that it decreased um, the composite endpoint, which was recurrence or um, in 40 days, not only persistent diarrhea, but recurrence was also decreased by fedaxomycin. And hence, uh, there is um, uh, a focus on giving fedaxomycin to prevent uh, recurrence. And there has been, since these guidelines have been implemented, there has been um, a great impact by the guidelines, which has also been studied. Um, the use of flagell, which is metronidazole, has gone down to 3%, and the use of vanco and fedaxomycin has increased by 50% overall since the guidelines have been instituted. So the, this also highlights the fact that um, physicians overall like to follow guidelines, and it's important that the guidelines are updated frequently based on the research that's available out there. Okay, thank you so much, Dr. Chopper. Uh, Dr. Chopper, what about the um, the new medication that's been FDA approved a couple of years ago, uh, the bezlotoximab uh, that's used with, in conjunction with the vancomycin? Yes, uh, so there are several centers that have used them as a preventative strategy. Um, and uh, if, since it is IV um, drug, it has to be, uh, you, you know, you require uh, a long-term infusion centers in your uh, facility or be able to refer patients to infusion centers to make sure that this can be given. And it has been very effective uh, to prevent further episodes of C. diff. So, yes, uh, that is out there. And also there is um, uh, future, in the future, there are new treatments that are on the horizon, and one of the one promising one is ridinazole, which is a very, um, which is by Summit Therapeutics. It is a non-absorbable small antibiotic, small molecule antibiotic that has been shown uh, to be very promising and locally acting and microbiome sparing. And that is what we all need currently to have a microbiome sparing agent so that we don't have the collateral damage to our microbiome. Also, other things on the horizon are immune, immune treatments and um, live biotherapeutics and t- treatment with uh, for bacteriophage and things like that uh, on the horizon. In addition, you know, not only therapeutics, but management-wise, um, there are things like newer methods to diagnose CDF, which is... Uh, uh, the ultra-sensitive toxin detection assay, which uh, may be very promising. It is a rapid uh, test with three times more sensitivity than the traditional EIA. And um, this was recently FDA approved. And then there is a multiplex um, nucleic acid amplification test as well, um, where uh, the stool is collected in media and uh, the lab cannot reject the media because if, even if the stool is formed, and this test can simultaneously test for other GI organisms in addition to C. diff. So there's a lot of promising research in the field of uh, C. diff that is ongoing. That's wonderful, Dr. Chapa. And before we uh, pause for a break, I, I, do you see um, any other uh, things in the pipeline that are happening with C. diff treatment in the future? 
I think there are lots of phase three trials. Like I said, the ranidazole is a, um, a drug that is uh, there. And in addition to that, uh, the, uh, you know, Faring uh, has uh, this uh, uh, stool, the fecal microbiota transplantation. Um, I think that is, again, uh, something that's very promising because uh, we want microbiome sparing options and we know that um, uh, the drugs that we currently have in place can also destroy or disrupt our microbiome. So um, anything that is microbiome sparing is highly promising in the world of CDF treatment. Absolutely. And Dr. Chapa, we are so thankful for you for being here today and sharing all of this wealth of information with our listeners today. Please come back and visit us again. We hope soon. And we wish you a good day. And thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. You're welcome. At this time, we're going to take a brief pause and go to a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing C. difficile, so he's Div Survivor's perspective with our first C. Div Survivor, Alba Mulfeld. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to C. diff spores and more if you have a question please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org now back to our program here again is your host nancy Kerala. welcome back to the program everyone and thanks so much for joining us today we are discussing C. diff infections with C. diff survivors their perspectives that was introduced by dr tina chopra Right now, we have our first C-Div survivor with us, Alba Mulfeld. And Alba, thanks so much for joining us today, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Nancy, for uh, having me on the program today and allowing me to uh, share my journey with your listening audience, uh, my journey with C-Div. 
Thank you so much, Alba. Alba, would you mind taking a moment and just share your background with our listeners? Well, yes. Um, I live in uh, Connecticut, and I'm a C. diff survivor. Um, I was infected with C. diff after being uh, prescribed four different antibiotics, um, uh, Bactrim, Cephalosporin, Amoxicillin, and Bioxin in a four-week period. Two of the uh, antibiotics, the uh, Bioxin and the Cephalosporin, was for an infection on my face, and the other two was for a viral infection, bronchitis, which I know now I did not need. Um, I also have uh, inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's, and I have another autoimmune disorder, a platelet disorder, uh, ITP, which is immune thrombocytopenia. And prior to being infected with C. diff, I have uh, a history of uh, chemotherapy and heavy steroidal usage. Okay, Alba, I'm so sorry you had to go through so much and that you had all the treatments mm-hmm. for all those diagnoses. It's very difficult, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Well, Alba, yeah. after you and had I, the antibiotics, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to ask you, what were your symptoms? What were the initial symptoms that, you know, brought you to think or even have you diagnosed with C. diff? Well, my initial sim- symptoms was I, uh, after the fourth antibiotic, which was the amoxicillin, I started to get diarrhea from, and I, I thought, okay, it's from the amoxicillin, and, um, and then after I stopped taking the amoxicillin, and I thought, well, okay, the, the diarrhea would go away. It did not. I had um, a severe headache nausea, diarrhea, my colon was very inflamed, Um, I was tingling all over, I had abdominal pain and cramping. Um, Those were the initial, the initial infections, I mean, uh, symptoms of the infection. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that. And Albert, when were you first diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? I was diagnosed with C. diff in July of 2017. Okay. And had you discussed uh, your symptoms with your primary care physician or did you immediately seek medical care from a specialist? No, I went to my primary care provider and uh, told him, you know, what was going on. And he knew my medical history. He knew that I was a, a Crohn's patient and that I'd had uh, three years of steroid use and uh, massive doses of chemotherapy two and a half years prior to the, the C. diff infection. And he did not even mention C. diff to me um, or even mention any kind of testing. He said, oh, you must have a virus or an infection, and I knew there was something wrong, and the light bulb went on, and I said, I'm going to my GI doctor, and I went to see uh, a GI doctor. Okay, did you only have to see one GI doctor, Alba? No, I initially went and uh, to, you know, tell them what was going on with me. I saw a PA, and the, the PA said, oh, you had four antibiotics in four weeks, four, you know, very strong antibiotics in four weeks. And she said, I think you have C. diff. And I absolutely cringed because I knew what C. diff was. I was tested for it while I was in the hospital in 2014 undergoing chemotherapy. So I knew what C. diff was. Okay. I just you were never, one... It never occurred to me. 
Right. You were one of the very few patients who even thought about, and your PA was right on the money thinking that you had C. diff. So did she order the the first test? Yes, she ordered the first uh, round of stool culture, stool testing. Um, They also tested me for uh, parasitical infections and other gastroenterological infections like E. coli and other, other microorganisms that can infect the bowel. Okay, and when did the treatments start? I went in um, on a Wednesday, and it, I dropped off the specimens of the lab at the hospital in the morning on that Thursday morning the next day because I was, like, very upset that she was even suggesting that there was a C. diff infection. And it took four days for the, for the test to come back, for the C. difficile test. And they started me on um, initially on flagell, and uh, I had actually ended up going to the emergency room on the day that I was diagnosed because I was very, very sick. I thought I had food poisoning. Okay, so after the first round of um, traditional antibiotic treatment, then did the infection resolve? Did it go away for a couple of weeks, or did it go away at all? No, it never went away. Uh, they started me on flagell, and after I went to the ER, and a couple of days later, I ended up back in the doctor's office extremely ill, and she, uh, they did a CAT scan to make sure I didn't have a toxic megacolon, and they put me on vancomycin for 14 days, 250 milligrams four times a day for 14 days, and it did not okay. resolve um, the infection. Okay, so that didn't work, and then, and then what happened? Uh, well, I was hospitalized four times with C. diff, and uh, they were giving me oral vancomycin and, uh, you know, a lot of CAT scans and things like that, and I was in and out of the hospital for four, you know, for four months on and off, and I had a colonoscopy and a lot of, a lot of tests done, and they just kept me on vanco for many, many months. And it wasn't resolving, you know, resolving the the infection. I was very sick. I am so, so sorry, Alba. That's just, that's horrible to hear. We're just so sorry you went through all of this. And Alba, Mm -hmm. did you, how many recurrences? I mean, do you know, remember, do you remember how many recurrences you had through the entire initial and from the initial, you know, diagnosis on? I know I had four. I know I had four reoccurrences, and um, once I had a, a negative, uh, a negative uh, C diff test, and I think it was a false negative. I don't know if there was still vanco in my system, but it came back negative. But I was still very, very sick, and okay. uh, I had four. And the last reoccurrence was in November of two thousand and seventeen. Okay, and. What when did the discussion with your physician come up? You know, to try something different besides the antibiotic well, therapy. Right. Well, I actually, um, while I was in uh, going to one GI group, uh, and after four hospitalizations and not really seeing the doctor very much, I had a consult with an infectious disease doctor, 
in uh, in the town where the hospital is near me in Connecticut. And then um, after four hospitalizations and like 20 trips to the emergency room, I knew I had to find uh, another GI doctor um, and find somebody that specialized in C. diff. So I researched and found a doctor here in Connecticut that specializes in C. diff and went to see him and he prescribed Diposid for me um, in October of 2017. So I stopped the vancomycin and went on to Diposid. Okay, and by that time, the Diposid didn't make much of a difference or resolve the infection, did it? No, I took the dip, they took the course of deficit in October of 2017, and the C diff came back in the middle of November. Okay, of so then you and your doctor had a conversation about uh, a promising uh, treatment, the fecal microbiota transplant. Yes, initially I was uh, going to be enrolled in a clinical trial, but I was excluded from the clinical trial due to my inflammatory bowel disease. And the doctor uh, basically was saying, no, she's not um, seeking the clinical trial for uh, inflammatory bowel disease. She's seeking it for recurrent CDI. And at that point, when I was rejected from the clinical trial, he suggested that I, I needed a fecal, uh, fecal transplant at that point. Okay. And so, Alba, um, the fecal microbiota transplant, um, that, is that the treatment that finally resolved the infection? Yes. It, I had the, um, the FMT um, here in Connecticut, and the doctor that was the C. diff specialist, he performed the FMT, and my husband was the donor. Um, and it, it resolved the, the infection finally after, after many, many months of being very sick. Okay, and you didn't develop any new diagnosis during or after the C. diff infection, did you? Well, I had um, post-infectious IBS, um, which I think a lot of people uh, get after a C. diff infection and something that the doctors really don't dis- talk about. And I also had um, very, very bad reactive arthritis, um, which you can get from having a gastrointestinal infection, and which lasted about nine months uh, after the FMT. Okay. And like you said, your husband was the donor. Was was this uh, treatment performed in an outpatient clinic in the hospital? It was performed in a GI lab in the hospital, and it was performed via colonoscopy, just like you would have a colonoscopy. I did a lavage the day before, and I stopped the deficit two days before, and then did the bowel lavage, and then I had uh, a colon- uh, the colonoscopy uh, because it, he, he said it was very uh, more efficient because he could coat the colon and then push it into my ileum and, and put some of the fecal matter into the ileum to really coat the colon and really get that good bacteria into my gut so it could add breath to the gut lining. Okay. Okay. And Alba, after your FMT, uh, even to this time, have any of the symptoms from the C. diff infection resolved? Have they gone away or have they lingered for you? Well, I still have an issue with uh, my gut. Um, I think I'll have it forever um, because whatever strain of C. diff I had, I was 
so, so, so sick from it. And, um, you know, I also have inflammatory bowel disease, but I have an atypical type of Crohn's disease. I don't have the really the diarrhea component of Crohn's. I have uh, infectious ciliitis, but I have uh, post-infectious IBS from, as a result of having a severe uh, C. diff infection. Okay. All right. Well, listen, Alba, we, our heart goes out to you, and thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with us here today on C. diff spores and more. We really, we are truly grateful for your time, and we thank you for the advocating that you do uh, out there and to help uh, raise awareness of C. diff infections and C. diff awareness, and we just thank you so much for being here today. Nancy, I can't thank you enough. Um, I just want to say one thing really quick. Um, I was frantically searching the Internet during um, when I was very, very sick, looking for information um, about C. diff. There's not that much information out there, and I stumbled upon your foundation. I'll be forever grateful uh, for finding the C. diff foundation and connecting with you, and I can't thank you enough for all of the work that you're doing, um, advocating and educating people about this infection, and I'm forever grateful to you and, mm-hmm. and what you're doing and the foundation Thanks. and all of the researchers. Well, thank you so much, Alba. You know, that's why we're here, to, you know, to help you and, and all the other, yeah. you know, individuals that have been diagnosed with this life-threatening infection. And we thank you so much again. At this time, we're going to take a break and go to a commercial and hear our messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. <music> Network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4C Diff. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are 
listening to C. Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are discussing C. diff infection, C. diff survivors' perspectives. That was earlier introduced by Dr. Tina Chopra, and right now we have our C. diff survivor, Renata Johnson, joining us to discuss her journey and uh, her perspective on a C. difficile infection. Thank you so much for joining us today, Renata. Thank you, Nancy. It's my honor to be with you. Well, we are truly grateful to having you here with us today. And it's always difficult for a C. diff survivor um, to come forward and share their their journey. It's not, it wasn't an easy one. We know that. And we just appreciate you being here. Thank you. um, You you are so welcome. Let me introduce myself. My name is uh, Renata Johnson. And I am 66 years old, originally from Europe, as you can hear my accent. I have lived in Texas for over 30 years, have one wonderful daughter, and I'm widow. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Renata. We appreciate that. And Renata, when were you first diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? In August 2018, which I will never forget in my life, I was in the hospital for my pacemaker implant. After three days from when I got home, I started to feel sick with nausea and mild diarrhea and abdominal pain. At first, I thought it was just a transition from being in a hospital, got home, all the meds I took in the hospital. But when it wasn't going away, I went to see my doctor. Well, he thought at the beginning, I just need some more time to heal and everything would be fine. Finally, after about six weeks going back and forth, bugging my doctor, I was finally diagnosed with C. diff infection. I never heard of this uh, infection before in my life. Okay, so and Renata, was it your primary care physician or a specialist that diagnosed you? It was actually a specialist. I was diagnosed uh, by gastroenterologist. She suspected uh, immediately during my first visit, even before testing, this is possibly C. diff infection. And uh, uh, later the test confirmed her diagnosis. She put me on flagell antibiotics. Okay. And Renata, after your first traditional antibiotic therapy was ordered or prescribed by the doctor, did you experience any recurrences afterwards? And if so, how many times? Yes, I did. Unfortunately... After four days of finishing the flagell, I had my first uh, recurrence. The doctor put me immediately on vancomycin for 10 days, and I was okay for 90 days. Then on the 90th day, I had my second recurrence. It happened just suddenly. I was half day just fine, 
And then I started feel nausea, gradually it went very high. Eventually, diarrhea, I lost even count. That was through all night. Extreme weakness. I thought I'm going to just lay down in the bathroom so I don't have to walk from my bed uh, to the bathroom. It can, and me, I would describe it like volcano eruption or avalanche, just like I said, out of blue. The doctor put me on pulse taper dose of vancomycin that time. The treatment was spread through about eight weeks, and after that I was okay for maybe a month to maximum two months. When my third recurrence came, and that was at the end of June 2019. At that time, I already had lost about 40 pounds. I felt constantly sick uh, with nausea and weakness. So the doctor suggested me to go for fecal microbiota transplant. Now, I would like to hear, uh, make a little remark. Luckily, it came about six months before the coronavirus came to the United States because the FDA issued a warning that uh, several uh, dif- uh, different uh, or recent studies have documented the presence of SARS-CoV-2 in uh, some donor stool uh, donated after December 1st, 2019. So my FMT was done six months prior. So uh, I am so far okay, and uh, basically uh, the fecal microbiota transfer uh, end up uh, all the recurrences. Wonderful. And um, I am almost, uh, this was done almost one year ago. So... No more recurrences for almost a year. Wonderful. Well, we're so glad about that. And we're not aware. We're so sorry that you experienced so much. And your body went through, you know, so much with this infection. We're just so sorry. And uh, I'm glad that your doctor, uh, after the traditional antibiotic therapy treatments were available and utilized, uh, that the fecal microbiota transplant was offered to you. And thank you also for mentioning the information about the FDA. Uh, we really do appreciate that. That's really good information for our global listeners. Um, and Renata, we understand that everyone recovers from a C. difficile infection at their own individual time. So what has the healing process been like for you? Yes, I agree with you. Every individual is healing a different way. Also, the C. diff infection has different strengths, so some suffer more, some less. Uh, well, it's been, as I said, almost one year since FMT, and it has been a slow, and I call it very rocky road, climbing up. And I have only been able to tolerate very light uh, a diet with no grease or lactose, and as I mentioned it, I lost over 40 pounds. My lowest weight was 103 pounds, which my cardiologist was already concerned about um, my condition. Anyway, I was often very weak and tired, 
and had a nausea. However, I was definitely moving forward and gradually feeling better and better. Unfortunately, my recovery uh, speed was affected by having uh, uh, IBS prior to the FMT and prior uh, to my CDF infection. I also had a gallbladder disease, which uh, unfortunately needed to be removed uh, uh, about five months ago, just happened on New Year's Eve. <laughs> but with oh, all this, I am definitely getting slowly better and gaining weight. I have good. now about 115 pounds, so about 12 pounds more than around the uh, fecal microbiota transfer. I have to also mention uh, not just the physical suffering, but I went through lots of anxiety and stress. I was worried I will die or end up with cold tummy. I was worried my daughter will get sick, get infected from me. But... Uh, Luckily, nothing like that uh, happened. No, and we're just so glad for that. That is a blessing. And Renata, before we pause for a commercial break, have you? Did you ever have the opportunity to discuss your nutrition with a registered dietitian? Uh, yes, my doctor tried to send me uh, for dietitian, but unfortunately, my insurance did not approve it. But I found it very helpful to use the support through the CD Foundation. And I did listen already several times. Um, uh, Karen Factor, registered dietitian, she is available at no cost uh, uh, discuss nutrition uh, with you every month. I think it's every third Saturday. You can uh, find information about this on the CD Foundation. Uh, website. It's very, very easy to find. And um, I also purchased a book written by you, Nancy, and Karen. And the book uh, contained recipes and all kind of uh, helpful advices. I found this book very beneficial for me, and I'm keeping that on my coffee table daily. Well, we it appreciate that so much, Renata. And actually, the book. Book is, the book is in um, going through its second print because it had to be updated because of the guidelines. And we're just so grateful okay. that you do have the book. And thank yes. you for using our free services that we offer for patients and their families. That's wonderful that you've been in touch with Karen. And we, you know, she's available, you're right, every third Saturday. And all you do is call in uh, the telephone number, and she takes your questions and helps you through, doesn't she? Yes, yes. Uh, I go on the um, website, uh, CDF Foundation, and um, you sign there, and um, then you will receive the uh, text message uh, about um, how to call and how to uh, get uh, on, on this uh, her talk uh, One show. There That's are also wonderful. talk, uh, you can talk to doctors uh, once a month. Uh, now, they won't prescribe you medicines or give you exact diagnosis. You still need to go to see your own doctor, but 
you get lots of valuable information. You can listen to the other patients. So all this is very helpful. And then you're on the radio. It's uh, uh, once a week with different uh, topics. So uh, that is awesome to listen and learn uh, different things. So I highly encourage everyone not to give up, fight, fight, and research everything you can. Just don't lose hope, just like I almost did. But uh, fight. We're so glad that you didn't. Yes. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And the more you, you learn, as better you can cope with uh, this infection. Exactly. And Renata, right now we need to pre- pause for a commercial break. I just want to say thank you on behalf of all of us here at CETA Foundation. Um, thank you for joining us today and sharing your journey and all the good advice you had for our global listeners. Thank you so much. And please stay tuned. Uh, We will be back after these commercial messages. And thank you so much. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to C. Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are here today discussing C. diff infection, C. diff survivors perspectives, and that was introduced by Dr. Tina Chopra, followed by our two C. diff survivors, Alba Mulfeld and Renata Johnson. Right now, um, I think we are supposed to have Renata on, you know, Alba Mulfeld return back to the program with us. Alba, are you there? I'm here, Nancy. Wonderful. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I listened to Renata's uh, journey. It sounded very similar to my own journey. And, uh, you know, especially her mentioning the uh, emotional part of the C. diff journey, which I didn't uh, 
discuss earlier in my in my segment. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes. it brings up a lot of emotion when you hear other people's stories because it brings back the memory of your own your own uh, journey with this infection. Mm. It sure it certainly does, you know, and it it gets you and it pulls at your heartstrings. And every time mm-hmm. we have um, a siege of survivor on the program, it's so hard to fight back the tears because each one of you have walked this horrible journey and have gone through so much. And all we can say is we understand and and we're so sorry. And uh, but you know what? When yeah. we band together and we our on unity to raise C. diff awareness. It helps save lives. It helps decrease the infections worldwide. And that's why we're here today, right? Right. I mean, you know, I knew what C. diff was because I was tested for it, as I said, going, uh, going through chemotherapy. But a lot of people have never heard of it. And I am, you know, I speak to people on the street and, uh, you know, on the telephone. And I ask them, you know, do you know what C. diff is? And they don't, nobody's heard of it. You know, a lot of people, even the woman that was running the GI lab at the hospital where FMT, she did not know what C. diff was. She was the receptionist there. But um, we just have to get the, the knowledge out there to prevent these infections and to educate patients about their antibiotic use and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to help with this, the, to change what's going on with the antibiotic uh, prescribing in the, in the country here and also globally. Exactly. And our job is just begun and it's not done. That's for, that's for certain, you know, and we have a lot to do. Yeah. And, you know, Alba, um, it's the last uh, couple of minutes before we close the program today. And I just want to ask you, do you have any key points you'd like to share with our global listeners? Yes. Um, educate yourself as much as possible. When you get diagnosed with C. difficile infection, it's overwhelming. You're usually very, very sick, and uh, sometimes you've been given other diagnoses. Says, oh, it's IBS. Oh, you have a virus. Oh, this. And then they, you get diagnosed with the correct diagnosis, which is a C. difficile infection. But it's very, very important that you advocate for your own health uh, try to do research on your own, you know, go on the internet, um, you know, get in touch with the C. diff foundation, which is what I did. And I ended up, you know, reading a lot of medical abstracts and just looking for any kind of information I could about this, this disease and this infection. Um, you know, you have to ask the doctor a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of times the people don't, you know, the patients, they don't know what questions to ask the physician. And a lot of times uh, patients will go to their general practitioner and the general practitioner is not familiar um, with C. difficile and how to actually correctly treat C. difficile. Um, If you're not getting the answers from the doctor that you're going to or you don't feel comfortable, get another opinion and get to a doctor that you feel comfortable with, that you have trust in, and don't be afraid to to ask questions. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there are a couple more websites um, I just want to share with our global listeners is the American College of Gastro, which is gi.org, O-R-G, and also the cdc.com. And 
you know, in exactly right, Alba, if they're not, if a patient and their family is not satisfied with president specialists or any physician, they can contact their insurance carrier and they can speak to their case manager, discuss additional specialists uh, that are available through their insurance carriers. And, um, you know, it, it, like you said, ask questions, bring a friend, bring a family member to all your physician visits, bring your computer tablet, bring paper and pen, take notes during the doctor's visit, because none of us can remember every single thing that we're discussing with a physician. Um, and that's just the yeah. way it is. And I, I'm, I'm sure you took notes, didn't you, Alba? Well, I, I was overwhelmed. I mean, you're, first of all, you're really sick, and then you're overwhelmed, and you're bombarded with all this information, you know, and you're scared, um, and you're afraid of, you know, what's, what could happen, and it's different with every person. Every person has a different journey with CDIP, so there's no um, case, you know, casebook, um, you know. Yeah. Everybody's different. Their journey is different. They have different uh Symptoms different. The infection is different based on their person's immunity, their their comorbidities, etc. So it's exactly. really important that you have somebody with you, a, a friend, if you a husband, a, a child, a sibling, to help advocate for you and to help you on this journey, so that you can get get healed from from the C diff infection and get uh, get over it. Exactly. And Alba, I just want to say on behalf of the CETA Foundation, thank you so much for joining us today again. Your journey, your um, comments and your advice and, and suggestions to our global listeners are all so valuable. And we thank you so much for being here today. Nancy, thank you so much for having me and letting me um, share my journey and have a voice on your beautiful uh, radio show. And I can't thank you enough for all that the foundation does. Thank you so oh. very much. Thank you, Alba. And at this time, uh, I'm going to say thank you again for being with us on CDF Spores and More. And at this time, the members of the CDF Foundation would like to thank our sponsor, Clark's Healthcare. To learn more about their products, please visit their website, www.clarkshealthcare.com forward slash CDF Radio. We wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health through research and developing new products to address C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, the clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. difficile infections and recurrent C. diff, please visit our website, www.cdifffoundation.org. Clinical trials are in progress. Please help them to help you to help others. To learn more about upcoming events that you will not want to miss out on, please visit our website. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and, and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.